this is Jason Cass uh, with Agents Influence, usually the podcast, but today we're going to be doing a, a video cast, I guess you could say, or what it's known as is a Google Plus Hangout. So whether you're watching us inside of Google Plus or on our YouTube uh, channel, or even if you're seeing us at a later time or you're hearing the podcast now, just know that you can go to the Grow Programs YouTube channel at a later time and you can watch this um, and you can see all the comments and the interaction. So I'm going to do my best to, to keep track of those comments. So I've got a thing here called a comment tracker. And if you've ever done a Google Plus with me before, which you probably haven't because I've never done one, um, you can see that I may have made some mistakes as we go through, but just bear with me. Um, the month of September and October is the month of the marketing at Agents Influence and I've been trying to bring on past people that we brought in when we did the month of marketing 18, 17, 18 months ago. I've also tried to bring in some new people but what I wanted to do is I wanted to create a panel to kind of give us a visual experience of, of, of looking at these people who I consider to be mentors of mine um, and also great partners of mine who have helped me in the times when I'm trying to figure out how to market my agency, how to convert leads, how to turn it into sales, how to make sure that the awareness is there from people who are actually not looking at traditional media anymore and are looking at more of a social and digital. And so um, these are some of my greatest peeps. I would like to introduce to you to the panel today, we have uh, Carrie Reynolds. Carrie Reynolds is the um, agent owner and also insurance goddess of Alvin, uh, Alan Galvez Insurance. Did I say that correct, Carrie? Second time you did. <laughs> okay, yeah, sorry about that. And then we also have Ryan Hanley, um, who is the uh, digital... Uh, uh, the mar digital marketing lead at uh, trustedchoice.com. You can find them at trustedchoice.com. I always love saying that, Hanley. That's like my little thing. I'm waiting for someone to say, hey, how do I get a hold of Hanley? And just that's what I'm telling them. Um, anyways, we also have Steve Anderson, the one, the only, one of my mentors in this industry since I first saw him back in 2002 in Wisconsin. Um, he really rung my bell and made me realize that this is something I needed to take importance in. Now, he happens to be one of the biggest tech people I know in the industry, but right now, he can't get his microphone to work. So he can hear us, but for some reason, we can't hear him. So Steve, we're going we're gonna to leave Steve there, and he is going to uh, come with us. And, and hopefully he'll be able to pop in. We apologize for starting late. Uh, it wasn't Steve's fault. It was mine. So um, let's get right to it. I want to start right in so that you kind of get a little bit of a feel of where I'm going to go. I'm going to ask Carrie Reynolds, actually, to kind of take the position of storytelling, branding. As you can see there behind her, she is the insurance goddess. So um, this is something that has really created an identity and a brand for her agency that has been really, really super, and it's something we can all learn from. And don't think that she's the only one that does these things. People have copied her and created a brand and an image that has made her, them just like her, step out in their community. Ryan Hanley, I've asked him to kind of focus on the um, audience and who the and how to find and grow your audience. Um, Hanley, as I said, is the digital marketing lead at TrustedChoice.com. He's also a uh, past owner. I don't know if you still are, uh, Hanley. You may have sold it for millions of the Hanley Media Lab, um, which Brilliant. that's where he helps you find your audience and grow your audience. Is is that your is that your what was your tagline on that? Um. Grow your audience, grow your business. Grow your audience, grow your business. That's what it was. And then Steve Anderson, once again, I've asked him to just kind of hang out in the mobile technology area because I've seen him do some things, and, and Steve can go all over the report, uh, place. He has the TAR, which is the agency, or the, the Anderson Report. Um, look that up at steveanderson.com. And he really, he's someone I really follow for, Mar for mobile because not only does he help me uh, theorize it and understand the theory of why we need it, not only the practical steps, but how you can use those two together to be all-encompassing in your agency. So, here we go. I'm going to um, start today with uh, Carrie Reynolds because we always want to start with the best, and I think we try to do that at any time. And uh, Carrie, you are—you've um, been a part of Grow. I mean, you've been kind of a contributor writer of Grow. So we read a lot of your blogs that you write on the Grow blog. And, um, and, and you've really done a great job. And some of the most biggest feedback we get is when you talk about your insurance goddess, when you talk about um, your email marketing, your branding, your storytelling. And so I would like for you to just try and give us a little bit of feel of, you know, real quickly, why is it the insurance goddess? And, 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 and not, don't go so long into how it came out, but why is it and, and how has it been important to your agency as far as branding or however? Okay. Uh 
I think it's most important because it's just plain fun. And when you think of insurance, trust me, the first thing that you don't think of is fun. That's and true. So, well, you know, we're all in insurance, and we can all say that till the cows come home. But it is relatively boring industry, and so having that face just just makes it a little more human. Just adds a little bit of levity to the situation because sometimes we do deal with serious things. Mm -hmm. So why don't we use it just to have a little bit more fun? Um, you know, you you can have fun at work. Nobody says you can't. And I'll tell you what, I have a great time. Uh, and then again, just having that face, also you can attach it to charitable causes, which I've done. I've used it to raise money within the community. So I, I think really that's, that's the sum total of it. It just makes things a little less serious and a little bit more fun. And people, it's memorable. People remember it. I've, well, if you want me, I'll tell you two very recent stories that just happened to me here in town with that. Hit, on, hit on those. You want me to? Okay, so I'm going through the driveway at Dairy Queen. I have, I got my daughter in the back of the car, and all there's all these high school kids that are that are you know placing or taking orders and stuff like that, and they're back there filling orders. And this girl who's waiting on me, she looks real hesitant. She looks out there. She's talking to her friends, and then she opens the window and she goes, "Are you an insurance goddess?" I said, "I love you. Yes, I am." I gave her a business card. <laughs> I said, you have made my whole day. I said, thank you for that. I mean, it was just, it was amazing to me. I just, you know, that's what you work for, to mm -hmm. be memorable like that. And so that was that was pretty fun. I'm, and I just totally blanked on it. It's all people. about, well, it's all about being unique. And I think that's unique. One, Carrie, is what you've done. And you said you had a second story. Yeah, and it just, I just totally blanked on it. So it's not, it, it follows the same, oh, I was at physical rehab just a few days ago. And I walked in and there was a high school girl who I had spoken to one of, uh, she was in a class I spoke to. I spoke to a, a class about marketing and, and branding. And I walked in and she goes, hey, insurance goddess. <laughs> I mean, this girl's like 17 years old. So I'm like, you know what? I'm okay with that. And I, I, I just can't. Those, those stories to me are the best stories in the world because it really shows you that when you take that and you step away and you do something that's unique and memorable, you know, you do it long enough, too. That's the other thing, consistency and frequency. People will remember it. And that's what all of us want, is that hopefully when that time comes that, you know, they need to talk to you about some sort of insurance matter, that they will remember you. So that's right. That's right. It's all, it's all about sticking out. It's all about, that's what marketing is. It's whether it's your marketing piece or whether it's your email or whether it's the ad in the paper, you're trying to do something to stick out from everywhere else. And I think... Uh, Carrie, you embody like what is like absolutely, and I don't even say extreme, but I will because when I talk about extreme in this world we live in where there's so many things that we have to get past to make ourselves stick out, some may say it's extreme or not, but I think that that's very big success. Now, um, Steve, are you in? Can we hear you? Yeah, uh, you tell me. Oh, there yeah. we go. We can hear old Steve Anderson. All right. Wow, boy, my reputation is, uh, is, is preserved at least for another day. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm glad to have you, Steve. We'll get with you in a minute. So, no um, Ryan, excuse me, I, guys, he's a very good friend of mine. We call him Hanley. He calls me Cass. We'll try to prevent that. So, Hanley, sorry, joking. Anyways, um, now when we're talking about, we're kind of adding on to what Carrie says. Carrie's talking about sticking out. Carrie, Carrie's talking about being noticed, um, being able to get a following based on someone knowing who she is. Hers is physically. Um, how can we do that um, when when we're talking about our audience? And we're talking about uh, we're talking about growing um, our audience. And and first of all, let's talk about. I know this sounds simple, but let's talk about what we mean by audience and ways to find it. And then can you kind of slowly start to go into how you grow it? We'll kind of mix it up and go through the whole conversation. But if you could start there at what is an audience and and how, why should they be finding it? So I think when we use the term audience, um, and Cash, remember we talked about those white boxes. Um, yes. I think when we um, I think when we talked about uh, when we talk about audience, we're not talking about um, you know like like an entertainer would think an audience, a group of people sitting in an amphitheater or something like that. It's different when you're talking in terms of your business. And really, what we're focusing on are a core group of people who 
like, trust, and believe in what we're trying to do. I mean, those are the three things that... Uh, any business really wants is a core group of people who like us, who trust what we have to say, and believe in our message. In an insurance agency, you may say, well, geez, we just sell insurance policies, and uh, who, who's going to get behind that? Well, it doesn't have necessarily anything to do with the product that you're selling. These ideas transcend just the insurance industry, um, but for purposes of, of this audience and what we're talking about, uh, it's important that you, know, you want someone to like you. So do you have... Uh, things in common? Do you golf every Sunday and you see them at the golf course? Do they trust you? Does someone, uh, when, when you have a piece of advice, when you have a recommendation, do they believe you? Do they question you or, or, or do they take what you say as, as having value? And do they believe in your mission is more, do they believe that every day you are going to work and trying to do, um, and trying to do good things for people, right? And, and the idea is that not everyone's going to gonna both like, trust, and believe in what you're doing, but there will be a group of people that do. These are the people who come back to you over and over again, who write their personal insurance with you, and then write their business insurance, and then write their health and their life, and they refer people to you over and over and over again because they like you, they trust you, and they believe in what you're trying to do. And when I say grow your audience to grow your business, I'm not talking about the fact that you need to have 100,000 people on your Twitter account. What I'm saying is maybe you need 20 to 30 people, and that may even be high for many agencies. Maybe wow. 10 to 20 people who just really believe in what you're trying to do. They trust you and they like you, and no matter what you're trying to do in the community, they get behind you. They, they give the $20 for the charity event. They uh, support uh, you know your daughter when she's um, got a, a basketball game or a drive through thing where they're raising money. You know They come to the drive through even they don't want to. Right, so it's not just your business; it's everything that you're trying to do, and you as a person. And um, the larger you can grow that core group, the more successful your agency's going to be. Well, I know that's got to be kind of like a real, like uh, probably weightlifter off of people's shoulders because they see the amount of Twitter followers and and that other people have, like all of us on this on this uh, all of us on this computer, but. What you're basically saying is, is you could have 2,000 followers, but someone who has maybe 20 or 30 can, can have a more engaged and better audience. And so I think that's, uh, that should be good news for everybody out there listening to this because Hanley, who is the king of followers, so is Anderson and so is Carrie. These are people that we associate them to be on this marketing panel because they're just awesome at what they do. They are awesome at what they do, but don't take and consider, and, and as what Ryan's saying, don't consider just their numbers right. as how good they are because you could have a lot smaller and a lot more engaged audience. I think is yeah, that you what can buy followers, right? I mean, you can buy Twitter followers and YouTube followers and Facebook followers. You can do we can buy all this stuff. And and maybe there's some social validation there. Maybe a, there's a certain threshold at which you say, okay, I'm going to take this social presence a little more seriously because they have, you know, 400, let's say it's 400 Facebook likes on a agency page, right? Like if you have 20 Facebook likes on your agency page, then the initial thought is probably, wow, these guys don't really take this platform seriously. And, and if you're new, obviously there's extenuating circumstances there, but that might be the idea. And then you hit 400 and people are like, oh, these guys are serious. They have 400. Maybe there's a little bit of social validation, but little bit. Uh, in the crux of whether it helps you be successful or not, those numbers mean nothing. Right. It really just means on how much, how many people you have in that core group and um, how easy it is for you to activate them. Okay. I'd rather have 20 rabid fans than 2,000 passive folks. I mean, it just... Because those 20 people are the one that are going to just keep me going. That's, you're, you're right. Yeah, this is, I mean, uh, if, this you is, have 20, if you can have 20, 20 people who are walking around town saying your stuff all the time or saying, hey, you should go talk to this guy at Bingo. least once a day, you, you'd be – you'd be my excited. unpaid salespeople. Yeah, that's right. 24 – I think it was Hanley who said one time uh, whenever you write a blog post or you do any time of content development, you have a, a salesman out there 24-7 for you. Steve, now that we can hear you, man – uh, I appreciate it. Welcome to the to the uh, hangout. Uh, what what are your some of your thoughts on some of this stuff that you're hearing being said here? Well, I just want to echo what um, um, Ryan is just saying, and I really do believe that the the number of followers are is irrelevant um, because there's so much whatever there. 
Um, and I believe that so much that with my, uh, my Tech Tip newsletter, which is my free weekly newsletter, earlier this year, one of the issues I sent out and the, was the, and the title was An Invitation to Unsubscribe. And basically in that newsletter, I said, uh, and, and part of it was email management, I talk about productivity, I talk about some of the reasons why you get on or off a newsletter, and I basically said, if you're not uh, engaged with this content, if you thought it was going to work for you but it doesn't anymore, if you're just too busy and, you're, and you find you're just deleting it or putting it someplace else, unsubscribe. Um, because, and for me, that was, I want engaged people, not numbers of people. That, um, and, and so I just reiterate that mindset I think is very important that you want people who are engaged with you you know and frankly um, and I'm losing the author right now but you know the a thousand raving fans is all you need um, Kevin Kelly that, the guy from Kevin um, Kelly thank you Microsoft or, um, not Microsoft but um, anyway oh yeah I think yes right. Kevin Kelly was his yeah, name. that guy <laughs> um, <laughs> You know, and I think that's so true, and people get so tied up in the number, and, and even to the point now in Facebook, uh, you know, all of this stuff about liking and all of those kinds of things, you want to build engagement, you don't want to build numbers, and I th that that's where you want to focus your time uh, and effort. That is right. That is right. And and I and also um, panelists and those who are watching and those listening, I apologize if I did not say this at the beginning. Chris Paradiso was going to be joining us here for this panel. Um, his father had some surgery last week or two weeks ago, and it hasn't went as well as uh, they thought. I don't think it's anything dire, but right now he just says. He He's still in the hospital, so he wasn't able to join us. So I just wanted to kind of point that out to everybody. Um, and and to, to Chris, if you're listening to this, our thoughts and our prayers are with you, man. I know how much your father means to you, and I don't know your father, but I get I am willing to bet he's a great guy because he uh, had a son that, and developed someone just like yourself. So my yeah. be best wishes to him. I met his dad. He's a great guy. You have met his dad? Great guy? Yeah, he is a great guy, and, uh, and I, I reiterate those comments. Okay, fantastic. So, um, and we will be hearing from 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 Chris because I will tell you we did a uh, podcast with him 18 months ago. It's the number one listened podcast on Agents Influence. So if you want to hear someone that some of the things that Chris had to say, now when I reposted it a couple weeks ago, Chris hit me up and said, "Cass, some of that stuff is old, man. It's been 18 months. You know, we got to change it up." <laughs> so that's why I thought I'd bring him on here, but uh, just in 18 months. So let's talk, uh, Steve, circling back to you, as far as um, technology and the way it's used for marketing, I mean, um, I, want, I want you to first stop, stop and talk about mobile, but maybe do you have any kind of just often, you talk about this so much, I feel comfortable just being able to ask you on your on statistics, on the growth, on the usability of mobile, some awesome things of how it's just literally like taking over every industry, just not the insurance industry, but kind of focus it that way. Could you help us there? Well, I can certainly give you some thoughts and ideas, and, and in fact, I'll, I'll recommend a book um, that I just okay. finished reading uh, called The Mobile Mind Shift. Uh, Josh Burnoff and a couple of other authors uh, from Forrester Research, who has done a lot of research in terms of where mobile is headed and I think the concept here is it's much more than devices um, and, and that's the whole point of the book there is a mobile mind shift meaning people think about mobile in any point or any time today um, and they call mobile moments kind of when is it that somebody wants to interact with you in a mobile moment, and that certainly could be a smartphone device, certainly tablets. Um, Apple uh, broke their record selling 10 uh, million new iPhone 6s uh, over the weekend. Um, you look at percentages of smartphone versus feature phones, and by the way, there still are a lot of people with feature phones who, you know, who at least say at this point, I don't want the smartphone. Uh, this one works just fine, and, and you know, so I think again, kind of back to that connected, not connected conversation. We can't assume everybody has it, um, but it's certainly the trends are moving that way. Uh, in the United States, if you look at percentages of operating system, you have um, actually the Android is a few percentage points higher than the iOS uh, systems. 
worldwide, Android is pretty significantly uh, larger market share than iOS and, and Apple systems. A lot of reasons for that that we can go into. And frankly, I don't think Apple cares. Um, because they charge okay, a premium. Okay, okay, okay. Let's stop right there. Let's stop right there. Uh, this is this is on marketing, but it's on it's off of marketing, but it's on mobile. I would like. I think there's a lot of people listening or watching this right now, Steve. They're saying, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! Why is the iPhone so dominant over the Android, but yet the operating system is bigger in America by a little bit and a lot in the world?" Thoughts on that? Well, yeah. I, I mean, I think the issue there is. Um, uh, Android platform, Google gives away uh, the operating system. Apple charges a high premium for it. In the U.S., we are many people who want it will figure out how to pay for it. Overseas, that's a whole different um, marketing uh, mindset. People just don't have the money to pay for the Apple devices, you know, whether they think they're better or not. So I think that's why you see Android having a much bigger market share overseas. In the U.S., it's pretty evenly split between those two. Um, I was just looking at a chart, uh, looking back uh, 10 years at mobile and looking at the changes that have uh, taken place. And certainly, we can point to, you know, obviously the BlackBerry and kind of all of the old systems. Those are pretty much all gone. Windows uh, Phone is still sort of there, but again, percentage-wise, very small. So it's Android and uh, iOS. And that kind of leads me into the, the marketing aspect is as an agency uh, and as an industry, we need to pay attention to both of those platforms. So we need, you know, and again, we can talk, I don't know how detailed you want to get here, but we can talk native apps versus mobile or web-enabled apps. Um, but you've got to have Android and iOS and, and pay attention there. Um, and I, I, let me, one more comment. And then go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. And when we talk about mobile moments for insurance agency customers, uh, you know, I had a call just a couple weeks ago from an agency that, um, good, great agency, by the way, in terms of their adoption of all kinds of different stuff. And they were asking, they had gotten, they've had a mobile app, you know, for probably 18 months now or maybe longer. And they were asking, do we even need to continue it? Because we're not seeing that much engagement. We're not seeing that much use out of it. We're not seeing you know, um, that, that the usefulness there. Um, and I think that's a question that a lot of agents um, actually do have. And well, well, hold on. So this is, this is amazing because I mean, you just made this game a lot more complicated, something I didn't even think about, Steve, and that is the fact that you say, so not only do they have to be thinking about the, uh, the uh, operating systems of the iOS or the Android, but we have to be worrying about our systems working on any mobile device versus a computer. And then when we go to the mobile device, then we have to be thinking of specifically what the actual operating system is. So it seems like like all the tentacles keep spreading and spreading and spreading. And it, it just seems like more things that an insurance agency has to work with. And five to ten years ago, they didn't have to think of this other than what's the new ways we could produce business. Now, obviously, marketing is that. But... It's like it's another piece of technology that an agent has to deal with. I mean, what's your thoughts on that? You know? Well, I think there's there's no question it is. And kind of like anything that an agency has done, there are vendors to help with that. So in terms, you know, so some agencies may be sophisticated enough today and or willing to develop some of their own stuff. That's absolutely easier today than it's ever been. But there are, um, you know, a couple of vendors, small number of vendors that, that – will do the kind of back office work. I, I think the biggest issue, so kind of forget the platforms and forget, but, but when I talk about a mobile moment, when does an agency client want to deal with the agency on a mobile device? I think there are a handful of those kind of moments. I think the biggest one, and, and one of my new hot buttons, I will call it, is paying. Um, I, yeah. How often do you pay on a mobile device? And our industry right now is years behind adoption of electronic payment methods. Um, and let's, again, let's I stop right there. Let's stop right there. That, that, that is its whole ball of wax, and I absolutely love you. See, you bring stuff up like that, and that's why I love you, Steve. Ryan, I saw you shaking your hand, head over there. Tell me what your thoughts of what Steve's talking about, about paying. Oh, I'm, I'm right with him. I'm right with him. Um, so I have a couple thoughts. The thing with mobile, how I like to position mobile in my mind is people don't think about mobile anymore, right? It used to be 
do I want to do this on mobile or do I want to do this on my desktop? And today, it's just, whoop, you know, the connectivity, the functionality, the operating system, the memory chip, it's so fast that they're not seeing a difference between desktop or iPad or, or cell phone. You know, like for me, it's like if I have my cell phone in my hand, I'm going to look up the number for the place or the thing that I need information on or whatever right from my cell phone. If I'm on my desktop, I use my desktop. If I'm, you know, whatever. So I think that, you know, to, to Steve's point, I mean, it's saying the same exact thing. It's just a different, you know, how I'm, my mind positions it, which, which may help some of the people listening, is there isn't this, I can't do that on my cell phone. I'll wait until I get home thing. It's I'm going to do it right now while I'm sitting in the parking lot in my car because I need to do, I need to make this payment. And my bank just put a push notification through my phone that said, hey, you need to make your payment on your cell phone. And I press a button and I press another button and now my cell phone bill is paid. You know, that's that's what they're doing. They're not even thinking about these screens as being any different because the functionality is there. So that's the first thing. Uh, the second idea that I had on mobile, um, and this is kind of going to take us right back into what Steve was talking about, is I think like two or three years ago, Agencies were creating mobile apps because, one, uh, mobile responsive websites and mobile websites were clunky, right? You had to, you had to essentially create a whole other website for, to have a mobile website. Mobile responsive was yeah. just being tested. It was not anything that was widespread. So the idea of being able to deliver any kind of information almost had to be done via an app. Most of those apps were completely useless other than for contact information, you know, just because of the functionality and, right. and, and, and the way things work. Today, like Steve said, it's incredibly easy to get an app put together. You can have a robust app put together for a couple grand if you needed it, not that I think any agency does, but um, the, the key is going to be usefulness, and this is the exact word that Steve used, and this is where it comes down to mobile apps for me. I'm, I am a no first, yes second on mobile apps. Like, prove to me that there's a usefulness to the app, and then I'm all for it. Because useful apps are incredible ways to engage with your clients. But it's useful. If you, if the use of the app is contact information, then your app is pointless because, as I just discussed, you can look up someone's phone number, address, and get a Google map on your smartphone in the blink of an eye. You don't need an app for that. Now, if your app has, I mean... God forbid we ever are of a mindset and willing to accept the fact that people make payments online or via mobile. I mean, that would be amazing usage. Um, uh, somehow, uh, you know, I've seen people trying to do things with claims. I don't think anyone has it right yet, but I think that that could be a potential uh, interesting usage. But it's, uh, it's really this idea of apps being useful. And when they're useful, they're powerful. If it's just, if it's value to the agency, no one will use it. If it's value to the client, then it will have adoption and it is worthwhile. I don't. I, that's where I'll kind of leave it and kick it back over to Steve. So, Steve, uh, what's your thoughts on that stuff? Well, again, I go back to the mobile moments, and and I've thought about this. Um, you know, I think payments is one. And by the way, that's payment through the agency, not through the carrier. I want to be yeah. really clear yeah. about that. It's yeah. agency branded. And, and that's, I mean, I, I know I probably could count on one hand agencies that I know that actually accept electronic payments. And that's a huge issue that's much bigger than our time here. And I'll give you uh, and, and, and listeners um, a resource here in a minute. Um, so I think payments, I think the other mobile moment perhaps is just a simple ID card or certificate. Um, again, commercial and or personal lines. I think another would be a change a little further down. So thinking through when would, um, as Ryan indicated, when, when would I want to engage with the agency and having the ability to do that. Uh, we can get a little technical here. I tend to like uh, native apps better than I do web apps, meaning a web app, I connect to a website somewhere that's mobile, you know, either adaptive or whatever versus a native app. Part of the reason there is technology, uh, there are about five functions on the phone that require a native app. One of them is a camera and GPS. So if I'm going to do anything along claims, I need a native app to access that information. And I think, again, we have to think in a mobile mindset, which is, why do I have to enter information that's available? Why do I have to enter where I'm located because I have a GPS that tells me that? Why do I have to... Um, 
you know, describe where I'm at when I can take pictures. So I, I, and I think we can start working uh, toward that. The biggest barrier right now, uh, and Ryan, I think you're right, useful app, the biggest barrier right now is our vendors um, and our insurance companies who uh, lock down our data and don't allow us to have access to it. So to have a useful app, I want information on that app that's client specific for my client. Okay. You know, so then we talk APIs, we talk, uh, you know, all kinds of things right. like that. Um, right. In terms and I, of I access. had a big thing um, because this is my hangout. I can say this. Um, I have a book coming out called Insurance Agent 2020, a 2020 vision for how your agency needs to operate in the year 2020. And that's coming out late this fall, but it goes back to right what Steve was just saying. Um, I, I do blame agents. I do blame vendors. I do blame carriers. And I understand why they all have their own position. But I got to tell you, and I'm going to say it straight out, I blame vendors more than anybody. And I blame them because they all want to have their own proprietary system. They don't want to allow access. Uh, well, my management system that I use, I'm just going to say it, I'm not promoting them, I'm just telling you is QQ. They're very open with their API and for all the listeners that are listening, basically that's two ways for computers to be able to talk to each other. So this computer can kind of talk to that computer. It's a little more in depth than that, but you know that. But I had a, um, a, um, a client yesterday that called me and specifically told me that she liked my mobile app because Two weeks ago, she was trying to make sure what vehicle was on her policy. She was able to pull up that information from the JDC Insurance Group app because that app has an API into my management system, which a lot of management systems will not allow or they'll charge. Did QQ give you that app, Cass? Uh, say that again? Did QQ give you that app? No, QQ did not give me the app. It's called Insurance Agent Mobile App. Insurance Agent App is what it's called. Uh, Carrie, Carrie, you said you use the same app? Yep, we have the same exact one. Well, the great thing was is that Gianna, which was her name, I guess I shouldn't say her name, but she, she called me yesterday and thanked me again, not only because of two weeks ago what she needed, but she got pulled over and got a speeding ticket yesterday, and of course, she didn't put her ID card in there, and she was able to pull it up right there online. So I think what you just said, I'm going to say it, vendors have got to come together and realize that they've got to open up um, their, their systems to other systems. Now, I think there are some talk of that happening, but the problem with it is, is some of the vendors I've talked to have talked to some of the, I'm just going to say some of the management companies, is, is they want to charge that, that person, let's say, who owns the, app, uh, the company who's providing me the app. They want to charge them a set yearly fee, and then, according to these individuals who I've spoken to many of them, say that the vendor then wants to charge the agency for every transaction that goes back and forth. Whether that's wrong or right, I think that there's better ways to it's do it. It's an antiquated well, me... pricing model based on old school business practices. It, it's not, they're not thinking 21st century business, they're thinking 19th century business where each transaction a human being needs to grab onto the widget and take it down 20 floors and deliver it someplace. And It's just, it's completely ludicrous. All right, uh, and... Steve, Steve, what's your thoughts on that? Well, I, a couple thoughts. Well, first of all, I, I, in these discussions, and I, I have actually been having these discussions with some fairly high-level uh, people at couple, several of the larger vendors, and, and, and it, it is a mindset change. There's no question about that. The example I always give is Salesforce.com, who in uh, 2008 actually did have that same model prior. 2008, they gave it away, fully open, fully um, uh, available, no cost, fully documented, and now you've got literally hundreds of other services surrounding their platform. Uh, my marketing platform uh, does the same thing. Uh, I have several services surrounding it uh, that all use APIs that are free, fully available. I could develop to it if I had a desire or hire somebody to do that. I, and and I, I, I think, Ryan, you're right. That is that 21st century mind, business mindset where you know the, we lock the data. Um, I think the other thought, and again, a whole long, long discussion, but is, um, and, and another hot button of mine, uh, you know, we talk about accord standards and, and data communication between carriers and vendors and um, agencies, and accord doesn't have standards, they have suggestions, because um, they don't enforce the standards, um, wow. so yeah. a whole thing sw yes. swirling around that. Uh, there is no certification. Oh, Steve, that is important to what we're talking about right here. Yeah, and, it, and I've got a bunch of stuff coming out on that because I'm feeling like there are some issues in the industry. 
you know, that are preventing agencies from actually um, dealing with customers the way they want to be dealt with. And, um, and so in my mind... And also, though, but it's it's also about the way that the agency wants to deal with their client and the way we're being hampered. Why should I have to put in all of my information into a CRM system, let's say an email marketing system, and have to keep track of all the information over here? And then once they become a client or a serious prospect, then I got to move them over to the management system. And I don't mind moving them, but of using the management system I do, I use a, a company called Rocket Referrals, which does my follow-up system. Once we write the policy, it goes into the company. The company downloads. My management system automatically tells Rocket Referrals, hey, this is a new customer, and then the activities that I have set inside there just automatically start rolling out. And that's the yeah, kind that, of that we've got to go to rather than force yeah. it on our, our throat. Well, yeah, yeah, and I, I, I think it's not realistic and never has been to think of any vendor, I don't care who it is, of a management system. Their core value and, and core strength is policy data management. Yes. Um, it's not marketing. It never has been. It's, that's been a huge hot button of mine for literally years. Um, and so that's where API becomes really important. Now I can pick the vendor I want. I just need the connections to get the data moved move back and forth. That's so, right. So for, for what is the lesson to be learned off this conversation, Carrie? I'm going to come to you next on, on what your thoughts are. Sorry for my earlier trouble. Oh, no, it's fine. I'm going to come to you next. What are, what are your thoughts on some of this stuff? But... Um, I, I encourage you, what could you do as an agent out there or as, or as an industry? You need to start talking to your vendors, your companies, and your age, and your agency owners or, or your agent about use of API, about maybe if you don't know that word, just know that, hey, we need to start working together so that I can use whatever program I want for my agency and my consumers, and, and Hanley can use whatever one he wants or Kerry can use theirs. But Kerry, you told me that you use that app and you have some thoughts as to what we're saying, so... Um, elaborate. Do you, do you agree with what they're saying and anything you have to add? Well, Jason, in all fairness, I missed a portion of that conversation because I did. had technical issues. So you, so you, you need to lead me a little bit. I mean, I can, I can talk to the app, I guess. I mean, I, I think of it as, as a must-have. I don't, I don't see it as being optional. Again, you yes. have to pick things that are going to set you apart from everybody else within your marketplace. And I think the usage of that app is is one thing that you can say definitively hey we've got this and they don't that, I, I think that is as simple as it needs to be right um, now you know hopefully people will get will utilize that app extensively again and whether they do or not it's going to depend on the amount of education that you provide to your customers I mean a lot of it is definitely focuses around education you know what is it how do you download it how do we use it you know even a tutorial I mean you could write it you could do a it's good grief. The possibilities are endless. But when it's all said and done, I think it, you know, you've got to have those pieces in your arsenal that will that will ha make you stand out beyond your competition. And I'm talking about wherever your marketplace is. That's going to be one of those pieces. I mean, without fail, you need to have it. You've got to have it or something similar. Go ahead, Anley. I see you're writing some stuff down. Go ahead and expound. Um, so the first thing that I wanted to mention was something that, that Steve hit on, and I think that this is really the crux of our conversation that we're having today, and I think the overall argument for uh, all the systems that are working within our industry uh, being able to talk to each other is the idea that there was a time when we as an industry could dictate to clients how business would be done. I could say, hey, home and auto yep. uh, client, you have to come into my agency. You have right. to sit down for me because that's the way I'm comfortable doing business. I like this, so you have to do that. That day is gone. Yep. Um, JD Power and Associates just came out with um, their customer satisfaction survey, and Geico, among millennials, surprise, surprise, was named number one in customer satisfaction among millennials. Why? Because they they appreciated the communicate the availability to communication, the access to policy information, mm -hmm. and the ease of doing business with them. Right. So mm -hmm. none of those things have to do with coverage, which is what we as insurance professionals stand on. Oh, our coverage is better. Our guidance is better. That's great. We're face and, to and face. These are differentiating factor, but we have to be hitting these bars. For millennials, because they're telling us over and over again that these are this is what's important to them. This is the bar you have to hit 
before you can tell us about coverage and about guidance and that stuff. You have to be easy to do business with. You have to give me access to my policies and you have to be willing to communicate with me the way that I want to communicate. So I think that it's time to shift our focus from, um, from hey, this is the way I want to do business to how do you want to do business and I'm going to start to develop my agency in small ways to, 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 to speak to that, to do business the way you want to do business. Um, and, and I think this is what Steve's saying. This is what we're all saying. The app, the, the different APIs, it, it allows us to do business the way that our clients <clears throat> want to do business um, versus how we want to do business. And that's a tough – I'm not discounting the psychology and history that we have to overcome um, for that to be a focus. But, uh, it, it, I mean, the, the writing is on the wall that, that this is what this new crux of people coming in wants – um, and, and they are okay with these other providers who, for all intents and purposes, are giving them less of a, pro uh, less of a product, but they enjoy the way they do business with them, and I think that's incredibly important. Yeah, and if I can jump in real quick, I think the, the way I'm framing that in my mind right now is we need to stop talking about good customer service because that's not relevant anymore. We need, to stop, we need to begin talking about creating good customer experiences. Exactly. Ooh, yeah. I've got a post coming for Grow that talks about that. Yeah, we need to we need to stop naming our staff customer service representatives. They're customer experience managers. What and again, whatever the term you might want to use with that. Um, but but it is about customer experience, and that's the key today. It's not it's not transaction processing. Uh, you know. It, so that's that said. I, I also want to interject here a little bit. Um, you know, text messaging as a as another communication channel. Um, I want to interject uh, text marketing because again, as we're engaging, yes, with the connected consumer, I still think there is age importance here. Yes, uh, the younger consumers, you know, certainly seem to be more tech savvy, even with connected older consumers. So I think there's some relevance there. Um, but we need to um, we need to incorporate that as just another communication option. And okay, not okay, okay. All right, right Steve. Steve. So let's stop there. First of all, I want everybody to put you guys thought, together your thoughts that over the last about five to ten minutes, um, we're not there yet, but almost. That I want us to think about one thing that's really practical that you found useful in your agency, or Steve, you consult a lot of agencies that you've had there. But I want to I want to go back to um, a real quick about. Uh, the text messaging. I have a couple things that I want to say also about the value proposition of the fact that, as Ryan said, because we think we have better coverage and we speak people face to face, that's what they want. I think one of the things that's pushing that that Millennium um, JD Power and Associates thing is to hear. Here's this. I believe, and I think it was said said a little bit out of context, but Steve Jobs even said that the consumer doesn't exactly know what they want. Now they do once they get it. They do once they get it. So what I think we're seeing is is that somebody who is insured with a normal traditional agency is now um, is now goes goes to get insured with Geico for whatever reason because they get you know persuaded off a commercial or they have a bad driving record or whatever and now they get those tools when they come back into your agency or back into a local or any agency they're going to expect those same tools. So that's where it's being pushed the highest. It's not only the consumers who know about the tools and demand them, but every new customer that goes to our direct riders who offer those and then try to come back, it just doesn't happen. I've, I've made a little joke before on my podcast. It's almost like giving away. Uh, it's almost like giving away free money when the government does it. It's easy to give it away, but once you know you try to take it away, no one wants that. They're going to want it. So don't ever give it if you can't take it away. We, as an agency, as an industry, we haven't even ever given it. But the other places have, and when they leave, they're going to expect us to give it to them too. Cast the very natural cast. This is the natural arrogance of a master of their craft, right? And we're all masters of our craft. And by just being so invested in the thing that we do, we assume that the coverage is what people care about, and it's not. Right. And, and there's no nothing wrong with that assumption. That is not. That is a perfectly right. natural assumption. I love marketing. So I assume that everyone gives a crap about marketing when I know <laughs> logically I know that that's not true, but I but I assume that because I'm so invested in it. Same with insurance professionals. So we assume that the coverage is what they care about and what this JD Power and Associate yeah. survey showed me was that 
That is not the thing that they care about at the at the baseline level, right? Once they get those things, they're saying, here's how you get me in your door. Once I'm in the door, I will look at a Geico and I will look at independent agent and I, and they'll mo they're going to choose the independent agent. It's a better product. But to get them in the door, they're literally giving us the path. They're saying, you put these four uh, stones down and I will step on them right to your door. Yes. But until you do that, I'm going to have a hard time finding your front door. And I think that... It's natural for us not to understand that. I think it's in why these conversations are so important. But um, I, I literally think that this survey, they, they outline the four things. And it's like, if your agency does this four things, they will find you. This is what they want. This is how they get you to your door. And it's then you can differentiate yourself. Expect. It's what they expect. And you know the other thing on top of that, you hear agents say, yeah, but they don't get that one-on-one -on -one claim service like they do with us. Get out of here. Steve, you probably back me up. I'm willing to say <laughs> 70 to 80 percent of the agents out there, when a client calls their agency because they have a claim, they tell them to call the 1-800 number and they hardly ever follow up. So I mean, where, where's that value proposition? Okay. Um, and I want to jump right over. I want to talk about text messaging one quick. We're we're falling out of time. This is important about text messaging, but I want to jump over. Carrie, did you have anything to add to what we're talking about right here when it comes to the um, the value proposition and the tools that we need for the millennials? Oh well, I am very well. The one thing I do religiously, I am very uh, vocal about telling people how they can find me. I will say, you can find me online. You can find me here, and I am very. I I, I let them know where they can find me because I think that's extremely important. I have had, and I talk to other agents about this, and they're blown away. It's like, okay, I've done business on Facebook messages, Twitter direct messages. Um, I've had texts come through. I, you know, to me, I don't care. It's communication. I will. I just use it, and I make sure that, that customers and even prospects know that these are tools that you are welcome to use to talk to me. Now, if it's 1 o'clock in the morning, that's a little different. You know, we got an emergency. But I'm just saying as a general course of business, stuff comes through my phone all the time. Right. And I've, I've set up that expectation that people can find me. I, and I always laugh. I say, you can find me online. It's pretty easy. <laughs> and they come back, and they're, and they're like, yeah, it, I'm like, yes, because I'm out there. I use those tools to communicate with people, to educate people, to talk to people. I said, it's very easy to find me, and so they feel comfortable in knowing that. That way they know how to, to get in touch with me. And I think that's just, I think that's where our brain has to be wired to move into the future. I mean, you have right. to... You have to be flexible and you have to embrace, maybe not all of it, because you know it's too much. You can only know so much about so many tech items, and then you get brain overload. But yeah. you have to be willing to embrace those items as communication methods, because your customers are using them. That's you right. You've got to be where they're at. I mean, it's that simple. Yeah, so. and, yeah you know, and you I, might... I, 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 we're running out of time. Sorry about this, because I want to get on the right. tech messaging. Um, but you are right, Carrie. Bless you the flexible for they don't get bent out of shape. Now, here's what I want to say is that when we go forward here, I want to take um, just, I want to ask it for three to four minutes from each one of you guys, and we're going to go ahead and close it out with this. I apologize. We are going to go a couple minutes over, but we started a couple minutes late, so bear with us if you're listening or you're viewing this as well, which looks like we have a very good uh, viewing right now, which is really awesome. Um, we want to talk about text messaging because I get it all the time. No one needs to bother me on text, Jason. I read your article about that. I listened to your podcast, yada, 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 yada. Now, I know that there's reasons why I think they're wrong, and there's reasons why I think they're right. But I'd like to hear about your guys' viewpoint, each one of you. I'm going to start with um, Steve first. And I'd like to hear your viewpoint about, is this good? Is this bad? Is it demanded? Is it not? Is it needed? Or is it not? I'll start with you. Go ahead, Steve. How long did you say I had? Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Okay, I'll do this quick. I'll do, and I've got two points I want to make. One is, um, yes, text messaging absolutely is vital as another communication uh, format. There's one management system that I'm aware of that has, inc has incorporated a full text messaging uh, system within their agency management system platform. So they have one number for an agency that texts go into and out of, and they've created a way to manage that client by client by client, just like email. Okay. So that, that so it, we will get the technology behind what we need in, in terms of that. I also think from a marketing standpoint, you know, we're, we're, we're not really thinking how we can engage people with it. And, and instead of me describing it, I'm going to ask people to actually do something. 
So write this down or pull your phone out right now and I want done you to text, before Steve. I know. I want you to text the word pay, P A Y, to this phone number. Area code 615-823-8255. So in the two field, put the phone number 615-823-8255. In the message field, put the word pay, P-A-Y. That will, and send it. Um, that will start a conversation between you and I over text messaging. Ultimately, you will be able to get a link to download the white paper I just released last week on uh, the payment process and what needs to change in agencies. But I use that as a way to show you what can be done with text today as a way to engage. So you meet somebody, in fact, uh, here's how I use this now. When I meet somebody, I don't carry business cards anymore. I ask for their business card. I will send them, based on their business card, an email with my contact information or I will tell them to text contact to that same number and they will get my contact information back. So we need to think more creatively about how we go about this process. So Carrie, it worked? Yep, it sure did. Yeah, it did for me as well. Now Steve, let me ask you, I mean real quick, I mean is it is it a nuisance to the consumer? Does the well, consumer want that? Are, are we invading their last resort for privacy? <laughs> It it uh, well for some consumers Do yes but the, but the issue the issue with this is the consumer is initiating the contact based on their request for information it's just like scanning the QR code at a restaurant to get a coupon or you know putting in the 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 keyword at Chick Fil A to get a, you know a discount right. to get you know I want to be notified of deals it is the consumer's choice where they want to and the consumer's choice to stop. Um, and that's a very common yes. key, keyword to stop that text message marketing follow-up. Okay. So again, it's, it's up to the consumer. Ryan, thoughts, brother? Texting. Yeah, I mean, ditto. I, I, I'm all, I, I think that, you know, I, I tend to jump on my soapbox. I think that agents use the whole people don't want to be contacted that way as an excuse to not do it because it's the same thing as emailing. It's the same thing as cold calling. It's the same thing as walking up and shaking someone's hand at a networking event. You're initiating a conversation, and at any time, the person can say, stop communicating with this way, and they opt out, and you never send them another message. And um, But for a lot of consumers, like myself, if you call me and your name is not in my phone, I do not pick up the phone. <laughs> that is 100% the case. So people get frustrated by it, but I tell people all the time, if you call me and I don't have your number in my phone, I will not pick it up. Leave me a voicemail and I'll call you back because I don't want to be bothered by people on my cell phone that I don't know. Right? That's. Yeah, I think sure. there's a lot of people that, that, that do things that way. I screen calls. I have no problem saying that. Um, and I think that, you know, but once I have, you know, but once we've established communication, I put you on my phone, you call me again, I pick up the phone immediately. So I think that... Um, Text is an amazing way to get a hold of people. Um, simple, quick communications. But again, uh, it's just a different way of doing business. And I think every step of the way, uh, we as an industry, because we've been so successful, this is based on success, not on failure. Because we have been so successful, we've been very hesitant to adopt new new practices like this. And um, you know, it's all part of the process of catching up. I think uh, you know, as Steve said at the beginning, that we're we're um, we're we're behind. We're a few years behind in technology, and and it's just it's a process of catching up. With only because of our own success. This is the last thing that I want to leave people with. I was reading an article on Property Casualty 360 the other day, um, and it was 10 websites that insurance claims investigators from carriers are using to um, find uh, verify claims and find fraud. Number seven, or whatever it was, was Instagram. Instagram. So what's happening is people get into a, an accident. They take a picture of what happened. They bitch about it on Instagram or share it with their Facebook fans and their Twitter fans, and they, and they do all that. And then when they call the company, they give them a different story, right? Because they try to massage it so it doesn't seem as bad as it was. And the claims investigators are going right out into these social platforms and finding the pictures and finding the real story. Um... And you know this 
the purpose of me saying this is that our consumers are using all of this tech. Whether we are or not, it is invading our business practice. It's invading the way that our consumers engage with all aspects of our business. And if at a minimum, we just need to become at least slightly educated on these things because the first time you have to field a phone call from one of your clients who's complaining to you because the carrier that you love just denied a claim because of a picture they shared on Instagram and you don't even know what Instagram is and have never been on it, that's a hard conversation to have wow. with your client. Powerful. Um, Powerful. So it's just think about these things. It, this is part of life today. Uh, and we don't have to be experts on it, like Carrie said, but you know, follow what Steve does, follow Grow and 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 trustedchoice.com and, and the different the different sites, the different organizations that are trying to help educate, and I think uh, we can start to get our hands on this. But it's just in every walk of this business, these mobile technology, technology, social media are invading how we do business. So that's, Carrie, that's before, my Carrie, before I Carrie, before I go to you and I want to get your thoughts on this, also to clarify what Ryan, Ryan said, uh, yes, the best places to go are Steve Anderson, Grow Program, and TrustedChoice.com. Sorry, just had to say that. <laughs> All right, so anyways, um, go ahead out there. Uh, Carrie, so your thoughts on that with texting, and I mean, are you going to echo anything they say, or anything you have new to say? Well, I, you know, we had talked about, I'm going to circle back just a little bit, we had talked about the whole customer experience thing um, earlier. And I, I think that you can actually use your technology to make that experience even better, whether that's from onboarding the client, you know, whether that's emails that go out, whether that's text messaging. And I also want to say that if anybody is really, really hung up on, hey, do they want to be contacted by a text message, well, when they become your client and you're taking their basic data down, just ask them. I mean, we forget that so often. Just ask the question. You know, hey. Can I have your email address? Do you? Can I send you our newsletter? Can I do this? Or, hey, we use text messaging. Can I send you occasional? And then you always tell them, if you don't like it, unsubscribe. I mean, I don't know. I'm real basic about things, but I think people need to remember that too. Just, just ask people. You, you'll be surprised. The, the, the method that I use inside of my agency, I'm setting it up, I don't have it yet, is that first of all, to answer the question with texting and value, um, I say to people all the time, if I send you, if you're my client and you send me a request to delete off an auto and add on an auto, and I and after the process is done, to where I will then put it into my computer, upload it to the system or to the carrier, the carrier then downloads it into my system. On that download, I, I my my management system recognizes a code called POC, policy change. When it sees that, my management system automatically goes to see if there's activities tied to that code. Activity one would be created email, and the, and the email is already filled out the subjects where it puts in the vehicle we deleted, the vehicle we added, the premium of how much it's going to be, the policy number, the name of the insured. It, that's already it's pre-filled out by the fields of, of the download information that comes over. Number two is is add an email or add an ID card to that email. Number three that we're adding now is to be to text that information to the system. So I asked the clients, and I've asked my clients before, if I send you a, a text that has to do with, um, that tells you that you just deleted your vehicle and added one, and we confirm that change through your text, will you find that not to be a value? And every one of them, overwhelmingly, and I've asked at least 50, have told me, yes, we would be willing to accept that. Now, at the same time, I asked them, would you consider it a value if I sent you a, um, a thing on Thanksgiving that would say, happy Thanksgiving? And most of my clients will say to me, uh, yeah, I wouldn't mind that. But by the way they answer, I always follow it up and I say, really, you would kind of see that as invasive, right? You just really want me just to send you stuff that's important. They say, really, that's the way it is. I mean, people get get texts all the time for Verizon telling them their bills due or it's past due or do you want to, you know, um, this feature is getting ready to upgrade. They, they don't remove that and because it's value. So I think as long as you send them value, no matter if it's email or anything like you guys are saying, especially in the text, I think that it's completely fine to do. And I'm loving this plus one thing you're doing here, Ryan. I feel like I'm on like that sports show, you know, on ESPN. <laughs> where you, I mean, dude, that's really cool. So I want to go ahead and wrap it up with all with with that. I mean, we've went a little bit over. I know there's a lot we didn't get to talk about. 
Um, I want to just thank, I want to thank Steve Anderson, Kerry Reynolds. I want to thank Ryan Hanley once again to everybody out there listening or watching. Um, keep your thoughts and prayers out for Chris Paradiso's uh, father. Um, and Chris is a great, great person to have in this industry. I got to tell you, he was a big inspiration to me. I think some uh, Ryan and some other people would definitely say that in the industry. Um, with one last thing to say, I'm going to give everybody just the last minute. I'm going to start with Carrie, and I'd like to have your thoughts and a wrap up, and maybe just give a little bit of a uh, little technology marketing inspiration to some agents out there. Do you have anything to say, Carrie? Um, yeah, I do actually. I didn't get to touch on this early. I will make it very brief. I promise. But I, I want to tell uh, everybody out there that you need to find the one thing in in the the social media the online world that you're that you're good at that you're proficient at okay or you find that one thing you get very very good at it and eventually other things will in fact follow um, I found my biggest success to be in writing blogging I am passionate about writing um, I have gathered a pretty decent audience and I'm very very proud of that but you're I very think good at it thank you I love it I you, you just have no idea but anyway the the I get see I get all flustered because I'm so excited about it but I think why I have done so well at it is because I have tried very hard to make sure everything I write is realistic practical related to the particular industry things that I've experienced and then I share with people I tell the stories that they need to hear and I impart humor where necessary and I just make it just like me. So when you read my writing, you, you you know who you're talking to. You know exactly what I sound like in what capacity. And so when people will come, they'll they'll find me. They're like, oh my God, you're exactly like. Well, I thought you were going to be like, you know, just by what I've read. And you know, you pick that one thing and you get and you get to that point, and that is that's satisfying. And so I want to tell because there's so many people out there that just freak out because there's so many technologies to use. And you and you've got to just you've got to find something to at least start with and work on it and massage it, and eventually, you know, the people will start to notice if you if you get pretty proficient with whatever you're doing. But but it's a, it's also I want to also say this: it's a very slow process. It's not an overnight thing. Mm -hmm. I've been writing for like five years, one post a week. I mean, that's a lot of content. Darn right. And it's just, and it's just been within the last probably year that I've really gained some traction so find that one thing work on it get good at it uh, seek people like who I'm here with now you know make those connections online because it's invaluable people will help you it and is so I guess that's my, my little you know that's what I wanted to preach for today Gary thank you very much and thanks for joining us here on this marketing panel this obviously won't be the last time so thank you thank you Ryan agencynation.com 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 it's my new place I'm creating uh, refocused on the insurance industry happy to be part of trustedchoice.com and helping uh, as many independent agents as we can and the place that I'm putting all my thoughts thoughts as they relate to uh, the insurance industry marketing sales um, is going to be at agencynation.com Dot com and I hope all of you will join me there. Um, should be very, very good stuff. Uh, this has been great, Steve. Good to connect with you. I haven't seen you in a while. Carrie, same with you. Cass, I see way too much of you, but it's still fun. <laughs> and uh, like he said, it is Agency Nation because uh, that's going to be a good spot. That's going to be kind of a collection of a lot of good things. He could have given you one tip here, but if the one tip was Agency Nation, go there and you're going to get a ton of them. And also, just like the last guy I'm going to have close out with the TAR report, the Anderson report, Steve, you have anything to say, buddy, closing out? Actually, I'm going to echo what Carrie said, um, story sell. And so that's what you need to concentrate on. Um, and I think also Carrie highlighted uh, its work, um, and it takes time. Mm -hmm. But it, but don't worry about being too late. Um, the the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The next best time is today. And so just start work Ooh, on it. Like you are, that. You are um, you you will get better. It will be awkward. Um, uh, but just keep going. And just remember story sell. Don't be so stuffy. Um, yeah. Engage with people. Yeah. 
I agree. Hey, once again, thanks for everybody. And the reason stories sell is it's part of our it's human trait. We used to sit around the campfires and bang on our bongos and tell stories. And it's something that's just mentally ingrained in us for us to for it to spark an interest. So I was reading an article uh, a couple months ago. It was pretty art interesting. They said when your brain starts to hear the beginning of a story, it gets a little bit of an amp of uh, of electricity. It really they they've they've researched it because I told you that. Was that you? You heard that from me and a month ago when we were talking on the telephone. You didn't read an article, you bum. No. The article, the article that I did though, and I noticed you didn't tell me this, which I thought was the same one, is every time someone hears your name, you get a shot of electricity of about one watt into your brain. So that's where I thought I'd heard about the same thing, and I did not <laughs> hearing that from you, man. I'll give it to you if I have to. But that is true. Once the story starts, once the story starts happening, your brain is electrically charged to, to take notice of that. So yeah, give give props to Hanley. God, like he needs more. Hey Jason, if everybody else plugs their websites, can I plug mine? Yes, please, 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 please. Yes. I, I, I don't know why I don't think of it. Um, my my personal one is insurancegoddess.com and my focus has shifted a little bit because most of my audience is other people in the insurance business which is absolutely fine so I talk about marketing and social media uh, there's some business tips and strategies on there too but again most of it is field tested it's things that I've experienced but I'll also put in personal stories too like things that my kids taught me about marketing or you know just just things that I think that people find very useful and then galvezinsurance.com is the agency website um, and you can find all of our social media links there. We're, we're starting to really build a very good presence on our social media sites, especially on our Facebook page. So I'm pretty proud of that. Um, but yeah, that's, that's what okay. I want to contribute. Fantastic. Once again, I appreciate everybody watching, watching live, everybody watching later. I appreciate everybody listening on the podcast. Um, this has been Agents Influence G Plus Hangout Marketing Panel uh, with Kerry Reynolds, Ryan Hanley, Steve Anderson, and uh, the guy we're missing is Chris Paradiso, and we hope that he's back here soon. So I appreciate everybody's time, and thank you. <laughs>